think of creatives, they think of people like painters or they think of people like graphic design artists or stuff like that or things like that. And um, I honestly believe that culinary is, you know, one of the biggest uh, attributes to the creative industry that gets overlooked. And so uh, hence the, the term culinary arts, because <laughs> it is an art form for people like me and Justin. Uh, and we're creating edible art. Don't be afraid to pivot and be creative and, you know, just think outside the box. Like, I mean, during this time, there people want so many different things. They just don't know it yet. And you're just trying to, you know, intrigue anyone and everyone to come eat at your restaurant or get takeout and feel that sense of security and that comfort from your food. One of the biggest things that I've seen um, is is that pivot point. Um, and so even when COVID first started and I was working uh, with Bait, you know, we are a fine dining restaurant. And so for us having to, you know, package up our, our artistic plating or whatever it may be into a plastic container um, was quite difficult for us. And so just being able to pivot and make that pivot, um, you can definitely tell has impacted a lot of restaurants. I'm Sarah Fenske, and this is St. Louis on the Air. Jawan Rice and Justin McMillan are two of Sauce Magazine's ones to watch. They've had very different journeys, and we'll hear about those in a minute. But first, we're joined by one of the journalists behind the list. That is Sauce Magazine's executive editor, Mira Nagarajan. Mira, welcome. Thank you for having me. So what was it like putting this list together this year of all years? Did you find that a lot of the people under consideration were switching jobs or pivoting even as you were putting this together? You know, it's funny because we look at our wants to watch list for sometimes for years. Hmm. Um, and people will stay on our radar and we'll just kind of follow them along and see what they're up to. So a lot of these people... Um, when we first started watching them, they were doing something totally different. And uh, where they landed now is, you know, a little bit of a growth pattern that we've been paying attention to. So, yeah, they've all changed since we started watching them. And, hmm. and we think that they're all doing um, incredibly amazing and different things. Well, we actually have two of those honorees here today. Uh, Jawan Rice is the youngest rising star on this list. He's the former executive sous chef at the Central West End Hotspot Bait. He's also the founder of JR's Gourmet. And here's the crazy part. He is just 19 years old. Jawan Rice, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. We're also joined today by a star who's been rising for a little bit of time now. Uh, Justin McMillan is an experienced chef. He recently served as Chef de Cuisine at Sydney Street Cafe. And these days, he's the director of culinary operations for the Niche Food Group, which includes Brasserie, Pasteria, Cinderhouse, and other top-rated restaurants. So, Justin, welcome. Oh, thanks for having me. So, Justin, I want to start with you. What first got you cooking? Um, you know, a lot of just like growing up uh, from a really small rural town in Indiana, and both my grandmothers loved to cook, and my dad really loved to hunt, and we had a farm, and so mm. kind of got really used to, uh, you know, canning, you know, tomatoes and corn, or having like venison or squirrel or rabbit for my dad, and you know, of course, the whole Food Network boom craze, but also like the old PBS shows of like Justin Wilson and 
you know, Martha Stewart at the time and things like that. So it was definitely very family-oriented of, like, my development of food. So you're from a, a much different neck of the woods than St. Louis here. What brought you to the so-called big city, in this case, St. Louis? <laughs> Uh, you know, during culinary school, we had an opportunity to do our externship, and we could go, you know, all over the world. And my brother at the time was living in St. Louis, still does, uh, but, you know, that's free room and board. So <laughs> the Renaissance Grand Hotel downtown at the moment, uh, they had an opportunity for an externship for three months. So I decided to take that. And, and lo and behold, I after I left the externship, I worked in Indiana for a couple of years, but uh, St. Louis kind of drew me back. And I lived there for about eight years and then before I moved out to California. Hmm. So, Juwan, your story is much different. You're from St. Louis. Uh, what got you started cooking here? So I've been cooking since I was uh, six years old. And uh, it kind of started the same way a lot of chefs start uh, cooking in the kitchen with my grandma. And so mm. uh, my grandma's house was always the hot spot during uh, the holiday season. So like Thanksgiving and Easter and Christmas and stuff. So I would always come over and help her uh, do simple tasks like peeling potatoes or, you know, whatever it may be at a young age. And that's kind of what got me started into the, the look of culinary. So I got to ask, what led you to start a business? This was JR's Gourmet, uh, which you're still at the helm of, when you were just 14. Yeah, so I started doing uh, small treats and desserts and stuff like cookies and stuff like that. Um, and so my mom would always take uh, my treats and stuff that I would make at home to work. And so uh, it kind of got so big that she was, you know, I was catering for their potlucks and stuff like that. And people were asking always, how much would you charge to do this? Hmm. And so from that, I kind of um, kind of saw that there was a need for it. Um, and it was something that I could make money doing. And so at that stage, that's when I started ordering like business cards and came up with the name and the direction that I wanted to go in. And ever since then, it's been a hit. <laughs> Man, I feel like such a late bloomer. You're ordering business cards at 14. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Justin, you're, you also sort of took a, a leap of faith and, and went and did something that was outside the ordinary. But in your case, um, this was after you were at Sydney Street. This involved leaving this great restaurant, a James Beard Award winner, to go to California and start a restaurant there. Uh, what compelled you to take that leap? Uh, you know, uh, at the time, uh, I was getting ready to turn 30 years old, and I felt like I needed one one more, like, beat down of, of what you so-called the restaurant industry, you know, the beat down. And, like, you know, uh, we got to meet Chef Kyle because he came to eat at Sydney Street and the Peacemaker. And lucky enough, me and my girlfriend, wife at the time, well, wife now, uh, you know, moved out there and uh, helped open up a single thread, which, you know, I think as a young culinarian, especially going into culinary school and just watching TV, when you see Michelin uh, chefs or restaurants, these aspirations, you know, or life goals kind of come into play. But coming from like Indiana or just being in St. Louis for those few years prior to moving out there, I never really thought I'd, you know, be ended up working there. And so that was definitely a, a huge challenge, a huge treat. And yeah, it paid off really well, I think. Yeah, I mean, this restaurant you opened, it got a Michelin star during your tenure there. What made you come yeah. back to the Midwest three, after three. that? Sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, three Michelin stars, sorry. Oh, yes, that's a, wow, that's a huge correction. I am so glad you set me straight on that. So three stars, that's even huger. What made you come back to yeah. the Midwest after that acclaim? Um, you know, uh, we were there for three years, and at the time I proposed to my uh, girlfriend, and so we wanted to get married back in St. Louis because we thought it was a nice medium of uh, for our family and friends that we had in St. Louis, for her family in Chicago, my family in Indiana to come to. And, you know, we looked elsewhere. We looked in Tennessee and Kentucky for jobs once we moved back. But there was something drawing us towards uh, 
St. Louis. We just felt more at home. We felt more at ease of like, you know, reconnecting with friends, reconnecting with the restaurant industry. Hmm. Well, we're glad we got you back. Uh, Juwan, I want to um, follow up on the thread of your story. In addition to JR's Gourmet that you started at 14, you're still running, you found your way to Bait, and that's such a great restaurant, Seafood, Central West End. Was it hard to take direction from Sierra Jackson, the, the chef there, after you'd gotten used to running your own show and, you know, having this business all of your own? So it was definitely um, different. Uh, it wasn't the first restaurant that I worked in. Um, I've worked in a couple different restaurants and country clubs and stuff, but the environment was really different. Um, it was more of a more of a chill environment. So it was kind of like I was just cooking with friends the whole time. <laughs> so it was really laid back. Uh, but it was an awesome experience. Yeah. <laughs> Few restaurants can say it just feels chill and laid back, especially a popular one like that. It sounds like you you got some great grounding there. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And just the overall environment at the restaurant um, is kind of a at home environment, you know, even in the restaurant. So it's, it, you know, that transpired in the kitchen as well. So once the pandemic shut down restaurants, you sort of refocused efforts on, on JR's, JR's Gourmet. What were you doing through that um, in this past year? Yeah, so we were uh, I opened up JR's Gourmet for curbside pickup. Um, and so we were doing a lot of you know curbside dinners and uh, lunches and stuff like that and then uh, further down the line i kind of saw a need for um, healthcare workers that needed you know meals to amp up their day and so a lot of times these uh, healthcare workers were you know spending 12 hours plus a day at their um you know wherever they reside at and so uh we kind of switched our efforts to um the healthcare industry mm -hmm. and so we kind of took on <laughs> a lot of um a lot of different uh, local hospitals and a lot, a lot of uh, nursing homes and stuff like that, just to kind of provide meals for the people that were overlooked during the pandemic. Hmm. I understand you did that uh, through a nonprofit feeding the front line. That, that's amazing. So you weren't just in it for the business. Uh, this, this was a, a nonprofit venture. Yeah, yeah. So 100% of the proceeds uh, went directly into providing the meals for these workers. Um, and it was very encouraging for me <laughs> just to see how impactful uh, something as simple as a meal could, you know, go along and, you know, brighten up someone's uh, week. Hmm. So, Justin, your pandemic experience um, has been different than that in that a lot of the niche restaurants have been able to stay open at different points for different times. Has there been some security for you with the job that you have being at a bigger company as opposed to being at the whim of a single restaurant? You know, trying to get uh, talking to Gerard about getting hired on to the niche company. I was stationed in Chicago at the time uh, with my in-laws and my wife because, uh, you know, Gerard had shut down all the restaurants. Uh, prior to the city shutting down and or the county at that and you know he was talking about you know reopening the restaurants and he just needed someone to kind of be in charge and help make these guidelines to reopen the restaurants kind of safely securely and just making sure like not only is our you know um, staff comfortable coming into work during this time but once we did open to the public you know make sure the guests are you know, are well informed of what our precautions are and uh, making sure it's just like a safe environment for everyone mm -hmm. uh, front and back. I imagine so that's been stressful in its own way, just to feel responsible for people's health and, and not just their employment. Yeah, very much so, especially, you know, reading the news every day from the last year, like every day is a different day. So you just don't know how to pivot each day or how you're going to challenge the challenge of each day is this very dramatic, especially having not only restaurants in the county and the city of St. Louis, but we also have a posteria in Nashville. So being on top of what's going on in Nashville as well. So it was de it's, it's been definitely a stressful job. 
Mm-hmm. Mira, so you're the executive editor of Sauce and, and responsible for this list of ones to watch that both Juwan and Justin came through, came to our attention through. It's interesting hearing their stories. These are such different stories, and yet in each case, we're seeing people who are making it work in this weird time. Is that the through line through this issue? I I believe it is. I think everybody on the list, what they all have in common is that they you know, we, we check in with their employers and their former employers just to get a sense of what it was like to work with each individual ones to watch person. And um, everybody says like they have the right attitude and the right work ethic. Hmm. And these are all people that have the potential one day to manage to own a restaurant because of all the challenges a restaurant uh, poses when you have a regular working environment, that's hard enough. And you get to a point where it's like a pandemic and all these challenges present themselves. The people on our list, we find, we felt, uh, have the most, uh, the history of pivoting, adapting, and really working through challenges. Hmm. So, Juwan, that's a perfect bridge to talk about what you're doing next. And I want to remind people, uh, Juwan is just 19. I'm just just blown away by this. Um, you're purchasing <laughs> a 6,000 square foot property in Tower Grove South. That's a huge space. What are your plans for that? Yeah, so uh, I don't want to give away too much uh, that's going to be going on, but I want this space to be um, um, a space for creatives that are often overlooked. Um, and so when a lot of people think of creatives, they think of people like painters or they think of people like graphic design artists or stuff like that or things like that. And um, I honestly believe that culinary is, you know, one of the biggest um, attributes to the creative industry that gets overlooked. And so uh, hence the the term culinary arts, because <laughs> it is an art form for people like me and Justin. Uh, and we're creating edible art. And so I want this space to be a place for um, creatives like uh, myself to network with people that are into like photography. So that way that you get into uh, food photography with different chefs and stuff like that. And it'll just be an overall network for um, creatives like myself. Those are some big plans. Uh, Justin, what are your plans or goals as you look into this next year and, and hopefully at some point the end of this pandemic? Uh, you know what, but... Uh very grateful uh the job that i have and the opportunities that gerard and the Mish food group have um it's definitely uh i'm able to hone in on my managing skills so that's even though i've had managed managerial positions in the past but this one you're overseeing multiple restaurants and things like that so i definitely just want to hone in on those skills for the next you know four or five years with the because creativity, I'm not, I'm not bragging. I'm just like, okay, I have, I've been in the restaurant industry long enough, but I need to hone on these. So if there is something in the future for me, uh, then, then I have all the right weapons, if, if you will. Justin, what's been your biggest takeaway from this past year of turmoil in the industry? Um, don't be afraid to pivot and be creative. I mean, you know, we are, you know, at Brasserie, it's a fresh French restaurant. So, but we're doing, you know, French fried chicken every Monday and. You know, we're, we reopened the we're opening the deli and the old Sardella space. So, like recreating ourselves, being able to recreate and be creative, and out, and you know, just think outside the box. Like, you, I mean, during this time, there people want so many different things; they just don't know it yet. And you're just trying to, you know, intrigue anyone and everyone to come eat at your restaurant or get takeout and feel that sense of security and that comfort from your food. Hmm. I feel like pivot is definitely the word of the year. Juwan, in just our final yeah. seconds here, any anything you'd want to add to that thought? 
No, Justin pretty much summed it up. Uh, <laughs> one of the biggest things that I've seen um, is is that pivot point. Um, and so even when COVID first started and I was working uh, with Bait, you know, we are a fine dining restaurant. And so for us having to, you know, package up our, our artistic plating or whatever it may be into a plastic container um, was quite difficult for us. And so just being able to pivot and make that pivot, um, you can definitely tell has impacted a lot of restaurants. Uh, because the people that weren't able to uh, make that pivot drastically were um, impacted a lot. And, and, and so yet here you are. That, that is a staple. You're for, still here. <laughs> and, and that's, I think, the, the moral of, of this last year. The people who pivot, they continue to, to exceed. Uh, Juwan Rice of JR's Gourmet, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me. And Justin McMillan, Director of Culinary Operations for the Niche Food Group, thank you. Thank you so much. And Mira Nagarajan, Sauce Magazine uh, Executive Editor, thank you again as always. Thank you. Tomorrow on St. Louis on the Air, we'll get the highlights of a pandemic literature course now underway in Rolla. We'll talk to some St. Louisans who've gone crazy for the Kansas City Chiefs. And we'll get the latest on the state's efforts to garnish wages from people it mistakenly gave money to. More reporting from the St. Louis on the Air team is available at stlpublicradio.org or find us wherever you get your podcasts. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening. I'm Sarah Fenske. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.